Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Just a couple games left in the Admirals season before the playoffs start. Again, their home game coming up this weekend. Get your tickets at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Very excited. 15 minutes from right now. Tim Dillard, former Brewers pitcher, minor league pitcher, pitched for the Milkmen uh, for a season uh, as well, the Milwaukee Milkmen. Uh, He comes up here in about 15 minutes uh, from right now, and we're going to talk about this Brewers Unfiltered podcast uh, that he, Adam McKelvey, who we have on all the time uh, from Brewers.com and MLB.com, Brad Ford, uh, social media manager over at the Brewers, uh, those guys all do a podcast, a weekly podcast uh, that started this season. You can stream it all on the Odyssey app. Uh, so looking forward to having him on and talk about the Brewers. And Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff didn't start off so well, um, but they both have pitched really well in their last uh, outing. Uh, so we'll get his thoughts on that. Um, talk about Devin Williams, obviously. Uh, and we're running the promo for that uh, podcast on our station that maybe you've heard. Sophia Minnert, uh, of course, from Valley Sports Wisconsin, was their guest uh, this week uh, on the podcast. So they have guests as well uh, from week to week uh, that will join them uh, on their podcast. So looking forward to talking uh, to Tim Dillard. Uh, before we get into Brewers talk with Tim Dillard, I want to continue to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks because we got a lot of stuff on social media that we never uh, necessarily got to um, on the Wendy's Big Show uh, concerning uh, this Bucks deal and people asking questions and so forth. So I'm just going to kind of go through these here. And if you have anything you want to uh, chat in on uh, about concerning the Bucks, we are still waiting to see if anybody goes along with Dario Melendez from Channel 12 on this report of Middleton being out three to four weeks. So right now there is nobody else. Um, so if you want to talk about Milton being out or your concerns about the Bucks, that's fine too. And again, we got one segment here before Tim Dillard. Uh, Nate the Great tweets, uh, Sparky, do you think we see some Jordan Wara? I give him a shot in game three if it's me. I would be floored if they trust Jordan Wara on the floor. Floored. Now, having said that, you know, I know, I, I like Jordan Wara. I really have. This year uh, was not exactly the best of years for Jordan Wara. So there's a couple things about Jordan Wara that that frustrates you, right? Um, the first thing about Jordan Wara that frustrates you is he doesn't pass. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's pretty simple. Like, he is kind of the black hole. Uh, when he gets the ball, he doesn't normally pass. He's going to shoot it. And part of that probably is because he's never on the floor. So when he is on the floor, he's trying to, try to make some baskets, try to get some points, try to get himself uh, on the floor. Nobody's ever questioned, or at least I haven't, uh, questioned if he can score the basketball. I think everybody knows he can score. It's all about playing within the team concept on both sides of the floor of how Jordan Wara ends up staying on the floor going forward. Dude's got immense offensive potential. I don't think the Bucs can trust him in a playoff game. I don't. 
I mean, when you get to the playoffs, you're talking about eight guys. Usually, that's what we're talking about, right? So now, without Middleton, that rotation is going to shorten maybe even more. Jordan Warda gets minutes. I mean, I guess it's possible if they're struggling offensively and they need some offense, maybe that's how that happens. So if Connaughton and Grayson Allen continue not to score and contribute, maybe at some point Bud gets to the point of, and I'm going to just say what it is, desperation. Maybe at that point that happens and he gives Jordan Warren a chance. But I would really be surprised if if they gave him a legitimate chance at this thing. I really would be. Uh, Frank, uh, he tweets uh, at us as well. Connaughton and Allen have basically been non-factors the first two games. They must turn this around fast. I thought this would go five. Now I see it going seven. Uh, that's Frank. Yeah, I think there's a good chance this thing goes uh, six or seven at this point uh, without Middleton. If he's only out a game or two, Bucks still win this series. You can put me down for that one. If he only misses game three or game four, and if Dario Melendez is wrong on his report, then I think they they still win this series. Because I think they can steal one of those games in Chicago, either game three or game four, Friday or Sunday. I think they can get one of them without Middleton. I just don't know, can they get more than one without Middleton to win this series? In order for that to happen, obviously, Lopez has to continue to play at a high level. You must have Bobby Portis back to score the basketball more than anything. And then Drew Holiday has to play like an all-star, like uh, an Olympian. He has to be that guy. He can't be um, a negative when he's on the floor for three quarters and then decide, okay, here I go, fourth quarter, now I'm going to start scoring. Like That's the stuff that's going to kill them if he can't be more consistent. And the turnovers have to get cut down. Now, I said it before, I'll say it again. They're not. I, I don't believe. I could be wrong. I'm wrong a lot. I, I don't think they're going to have 20 turnovers in a game again the rest of this series. I, I think now... They flip the light switch on, and now we go. Now we go. Because if it was a pressure situation like Giannis referred to, of them not having fun and pressing, there's no more pressure. Middleton's gone. There are no more expectations on you. Uh, and now go see what happens. They won without Giannis. Everybody thought they were screwed without Giannis, and they still won. So why can't they win without uh, Chris Middleton against the Bulls? Now, Boston, Brooklyn, that's probably not happening. But against this Bulls team, I would think so. Phil in Cedarburg, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The Fan, what's going on, Phil? Oh, hey, I'm good, Sparky. Hey, I just want to, has anybody brought this up? I thought that hit on Bobby Portis was really dirty, and I thought that was at least a flagrant foul, if not an ejection. Well, first of all, um, the fact that they didn't see it um, right away is uh, amazing to me. And when you can see the blood coming down from his eye, uh, it was definitely Tristan Thompson throwing an elbow. I, I don't think there's any question about oh. that. I, I don't want to get into the idea of it was um, on purpose or whatever the oh, case may on. be. You don't think that was on purpose? Maybe. That maybe was it was. Doesn't matter. This is what we this. On Phil, I don't know. Nobody All told, Phil. Nobody, no, Phil, nobody can I talk? Their arm in, that in a weird way. That was like, he threw his elbow back. That was not some natural movement. Okay, but either way, you know that they're going to allow you to play physical in the playoffs. You know that. You just went and won a championship last year. That net series was physical. You know they're going to let you play. Yeah, no, so I totally disagree with you. Oh, totally you don't think they played physical last year in the playoffs? You thought they were a finesse team? I know it's physical, but they're still not letting them get away with that kind of stuff. I was watching the Boston-Brooklyn game before that, and some guy would go for a layup, and his, his arms got slapped kind of hard, and they called a flagrant. That was like swinging your arm, your elbow back, and nailing somebody in the eyeball. That was that was a kick. That was a that was a. I don't even know these numbers, but that was the higher flagrant in my book. And it no, but the announcers must say I didn't say anything. The refs didn't look, like it just like it didn't even happen. Well, they were definitely saying it on Bally Sports Wisconsin. If you were watching TNT, then I'm sorry. Thanks for the call. I don't know why y'all watch TNT to begin with. No, I haven't heard one person say something positive about that TNT broadcast last night. Not one. And it feels like a majority of y'all watched TNT and didn't watch Bally's. I didn't turn TNT on. I watch Bally's. And as I'm looking at Twitter as the game's going on, everybody's complaining about Gus Johnson. Everybody's complaining about the announcers on, on TNT. Yet none of y'all changed the channel. Like, I don't even understand. Like, if I don't like something, I change the channel. If I have a TV show on or a movie and it loses my interest, I change the channel and I watch something else. 
You have the power to change the channel, whether it be on TV, radio, whatever. You're streaming something, a podcast, and you don't like it? Stop it and stream something else. Unless the Bally Sports app decides to do its thing. The nice thing is, Adam, I'm not a cord cutter, so I don't screw myself. There it is. That's the thing. So I don't have to worry about that. But yes, you could get screwed on the Bally Sports app because of all the glitches and problems that they have. 1,000%. I don't have to go through that. So if that's the reason why you were watching TNT because your Bally Sports app didn't work, well, then shame on Bally's for not getting a sports app to work at any point. Because that, that seemingly has been a thing all year long. I've heard that from Bucks fans complaining about that. I don't have that issue. I just watch it on standard TV like I have all my life. So th- that's fine. So I don't know how much they played up the Bobby Portis thing on the broadcast on Bally's. Yeah. They zoomed in, showed his eye, showed the blood coming down the side of his face, the whole deal. And then we're talking about it and slowly replaying it. I, I just think... When you talk about the Grayson Allen foul, when he takes out Caruso and he goes up, okay, and you talk about that second arm following through, that I understood. Like, okay, the second arm doesn't follow through, all right, fine. Maybe maybe it wasn't that. The second arm following through on the Grayson Allen on Caruso follow to me was over the top. Like, wasn't necessary. The Tristan Thompson thing last night, yeah, Maybe he did hit him on purpose. Very well could be. But you can't control it. Like, I I tweeted it out earlier, well, during the game, after it happened. So, guys, look, when you're a team that's desperate to win a game and win a series, and you're the underdog, and you're trying to take out the champ, and then you've got a guy like Thompson, that stuff's going to happen. Like, it's going to happen. I can almost but guarantee you it's going to happen again to somebody else on the box. So then you have two options. You have option A, which is let's retaliate and maybe get one of our guys kicked out of a game and suspended and miss a game in the series. That's option A. Or option B is move on and continue to play and just win the series and let's go forward and ignore that crap. Those are your two options. Now, a lot of you want them to fight back, yell and scream at the refs, do whatever. That's fine. That's what they want. When Dennis Rodman was doing his thing, he was just trying to get in the opponent's head. Get their mind off the game. Get them more concerned about him. Get the coaches more concerned about what he was doing and distracted from what they were trying to do game plan-wise. That's what made Dennis Rodman so great. Maybe he wasn't a great teammate. You can just call it whatever you want. That man did a lot when he was out there. And when you have this type of situation, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to throw off the other team. Should have been a flagrant one. Should have been a flagrant two. Whatever. Doesn't matter. You can't control it. So you have one of two options. Either all come together and go to hell with this. We're going to just smoke this team now and use it as a rallying cry. Or B, Thanasis, come over here. Go to the game. Go do something to Tristan Thompson. Get kicked out and we'll move forward. That's another option. Not playing them anyhow. Right? So you can do that. When you're the king, and that's what the Bucks are, when you're the king, you've got the crown on. You can't let all this petty crap from those trying to knock you off your crown distract you from the goal at hand. If you are the team trying to knock the king off, you've got to do everything in your power to try and knock him off. Whatever it takes. Just win, baby, in the uh, Al Davis used to say for the Raiders. Again, they're trying to shock the world. The Bucks for two games have been looking ahead to Boston and Brooklyn to see who's going to win that series. Totally different hunger levels. Now, the game will change in game three. Now, without Chris Middleton, this team cannot go through the motions and cannot be sloppy and cannot turn over the ball 20 times and think they're going to win. Now they have to be focused. They have to play like this is the Nets last year, and now they have to go. If that does not happen in game three, they will probably not win another game the rest of this series. If they come out in game three against the Bulls and turn over the ball 20 times, look lackadaisical, Get nothing from Connaughton and nothing from Grayson Allen. You don't even have to watch game four. It's done. It's all done. So if they can't focus now, see it to the Bucs. 
until next year. And then we talk even more about the Milwaukee Brewers like we will next with Tim Dillard from Valley Sports Wisconsin, pre- and post-game host, and, of course, a co-host on the Brewers Unfiltered Podcast that you can download on your Odyssey app. He joins us straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline here on Sparky's Midday Madness, he is Tim Dillard, pre and post game co-host on Bally Sports Wisconsin for Brewers Telecast, as well as co-host with Adam McKelvey and Brad Ford on the Brewers Unfiltered podcast that you can go to Brewers.com to check out or simply download on your Odyssey app. Tim, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Glad you're plugging the podcast, too. It's all, awesome. Yeah, it's all about plugging that <laughs> podcast. So you guys had Sophia Minard on uh, this week uh, on the podcast. You guys got into talking about uh, Aaron Ashby uh, during the podcast. Kind of help explain for everybody how difficult it really is of what they're asking Ashby to do. I mean, we're talking about being the bullpen. Now we want you to be a starter for a start. Now we need to go back to the bullpen. And that yo-yo effect uh, of asking a pitcher to do that. Yeah, I mean, I had to. And I lost Tim Dillard. Why did I lose Tim Dillard? Because I accidentally hung up on Tim Dillard. So now AR can call back Tim Dillard. Way to go, Sparky, to hang up on Tim Dillard right off the bat. That's nice. Yeah, I I went to, uh, behind the scenes, I went to go turn down Tim Dillard a little bit because he was a little hot. So I went to go turn him down. As I went to turn him down, my finger hit the button, and I hung up on Tim Dillard. That's never a good thing. So uh, we'll get Tim Dillard back on the Great Midwest Bank hotline. Applying for a home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious, breathe. Like Great Midwest Bank, help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer with you. Adam Roberts, AR, other side of the glass, uh, efforting to get Tim Dillard back on the phone here uh, so we can continue our conversation about, uh, again, uh, Ashby. Tim, sorry about that. I hung up on you on accident. Oh, don't worry. It wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, sorry Somebody about that. Okay, so what were you saying about Ashley? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a very difficult situation to be in when you're bouncing back and forth. It's a different mindset, and I was asked to do that several times in my career at different levels, and yeah, that's why I'm broadcasting now, right? Like, I just wasn't very good at it because it's a very difficult situation, but he's, he's handled it well, and let's be honest, they've put a lot of faith in him because they, you know, he's very mature and, uh, and has electric stuff. You know, the other thing about this is the mental side of this. Isn't there something to that when you're getting kind of yo-yoed between bullpen and starting rotation or between minors in the major league roster going back and forth? There's got to be some mental gymnastics that go along with that too. Well, it's a different mindset. If you come out of the bullpen thinking, okay, I'm just going to throw a first pitch, get me over fastball, um, you know, in a close game, it's just, it's just not going to come back. It's going to be over the fence. The game changes. If you're a starter and you throw the first pitch and the guy hits the leadoff home run, you know, you're kind of like, okay, well, it's first pitch. I'm kind of just easing into it. I could be throwing five, six, seven innings. So when you come out of the bullpen, you got to throw, you know, your best two-strike stuff right away, and it has to be in the zone. So there is a different mindset. There's a different urgency. There's a different way of training. So to kind of combat that, I, I know that they have a team of people in place. And plus, he gets to talk to Brandon Woodruff. He gets to talk to – Adrian Hauser and Corbin Burns, who have all went through this before. This is kind of the Brewers' formula for the last four or five years. Talking with Tim Dillard here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Uh, I saw a quote from Brandon Woodruff uh, the other day saying uh, that when he used this this new uh, technology where you don't have to worry about signals and you have the device in your hat and so forth, that it pretty much uh, stopped working at one point in the game, and he just said to hell with it, we're going to go back to doing it the old school way. What have you heard from the pitchers on the Brewers as far as liking or disliking this new way of uh, calling uh, calling pitches? Uh, I haven't really heard anybody say too many negative things about it, but uh, Craig Council did bring up a good point. When that thing stops working, should the other team – not be allowed to use, you know, their pitch comm, you know, kind of like in football. If the headset goes out on one side, you got to take the headset away from the other team. Um, but it's just, I don't know. I, I personally don't think I would want to use it just because I only throw, well, I mean, when I pitched, I threw two pitches basically. And, but some of these guys that have four or five pitches, you start talking about location. It can get complicated. And sometimes guys like their signs. They like to sit there and look in and take that moment to, 
to think, and then they look in and they see the catcher signs. Personally, if they're going to do this and going forward, they should have this as an option. Let the pitcher hit the button on his glove and let the catcher have the earpiece that lets him know what's coming. Because most time pitchers know exactly what they want to do pretty much as soon as they throw the ball. And it's just tough getting on the same page sometimes. Now, this is interesting. I thought about that. So then essentially you're taking all the responsibility and the strategy off of the catcher uh, and putting it firmly on the pitcher's shoulders, I guess, to a certain degree. Are, are there some catchers that are better at calling games for guys than other? Because, I mean, I remember Greg Maddox uh, had to have uh, his own personal catcher, and it wasn't Javi Lopez back in the day for the Braves. So I feel like there's, there's definitely something to uh, certain catchers calling games for certain pitchers. I mean, I played for part of 18 seasons uh, across professional baseball in different realms and different countries. And, and I will say this, I, I mean, I've had however many dozens of catchers and there's about three that I would trust my life with, right? Like you just earn that trust to the point where you're thinking, I'm going to throw this pitch. I'm a hundred percent behind this pitch. And then a catcher that you trust gives you something different. And your first instinct is to shake off like, nah, but then you go, no, I trust this guy. He sees something. Cause there's a lot of times Pitchers can't see it all. They can't see where the guy stands, if he moved closer, if he choked up on the bat. Uh, maybe maybe there's something in his swing that a catcher saw, like, okay, he's getting on this fastball. It's time to throw something else. And that's when they help the pitcher. So a lot of times, you know, if there is a guy that shakes off, it's because maybe they don't trust him or they're not on the same page, or maybe they give a shake off. Like, there's just such a, a rhythm to it. It is a real of, of a dance of, of, of how that works working with your catcher. But like I said, if you trust the catcher and he gives you something that you weren't thinking, you just sit there and go, yep. And lots of times it works out because that's how you build that trust. You know, that's the other part about this too, um, is, is that trust factor. And I've seen sometimes in games where haven't we seen coaches essentially help to call the game for a catcher as far as what pitches they want in certain situations late in games against different hitters. Sure. I, I think it's a dying art. It starts in college. You know, every college coach, it seems like, wants to be, you know, the, you know, the head of the franchise or whatever. So they get all these catchers and they say, OK, well, I'm going to call every pitch of every game for every pitcher all the way from over the over here in the dugout, which I would. I mean, I, that's why it's really hard for me to watch college baseball, because that's all that's going on. Here's a wristband. Here's all this stuff. Instead of just teaching a catcher what to do, what to look for and just letting their instincts take over. They got that far for a reason. Same with professional baseball. They, they don't want to just program these catchers to just listen to what the coach is saying from the dugout. They want those guys to go out there and think for themselves and get on the same page for the pitcher. That's all about conversations. It's all about communicating. Hey, this is what I want to do. This is what type of pitcher I am. I want the ball on the ground. Or I want to strike this guy out. I pitch up in the zone. This is what I want to do against lefties. That's, those are the things that sometimes the coach just can't cover because he's got to worry about, you know, 25 or 30 other people. So a lot of times I would just say, let the catcher run. But yes, in certain situations, if, if there's a manager in the dugout, usually he's a former catcher. He sees something, he tries to relay something. But most of the times in professional baseball, they let the catchers have it. Talking with Tim Diller, check out their uh, podcast, Brewers Unfiltered. Sophia Minard, a special guest this week with him, Adam McKelvey, and Brad Ford. Go to Brewers.com or simply download it on your Odyssey app uh, today. I want to get your thoughts from the hitting perspective uh, because Craig Council uh, in the past has talked about, you know, lineups aren't as important as people make them out to be and so forth. And I've always had issue with that because I remember going back to the days of Fielder and Braun, Ken Maka flips them from three and four opposite, and they both went in his office and hated it after they did it for a couple games and wanted to be flipped back. I remember J.J. Hardy complaining to anybody that would listen that he hated batting eight and wanted to bat two. So I I know that it does matter for some guys where they are in the lineup uh, and how comfortable they are. Uh, And I feel like these lineups are being put together through analytics and so forth, which I get, and people will tell me all the time, Sparky, trust Craig Council. You've been in the playoffs four (laughs) years in a row. Just shut up. Uh, And I get it, but I I still think there has to be something to kind of like how these players kind of go along with it. Like, Colton Wong, you're good enough to lead off against righties, but lefties, you're going to fall in the lineup. Like, that's a big, I I think, mental hurdle for some of these guys probably to get over. Well, I I mean, that's a very deep question. You're going down a lot of different threads right there that we can tug on. But I'll just go ahead. That's great. Uh, I don't think your show's long enough. (laughs) But I will say this. 
I, I, the, the main one, if you look at the lineup that Craig Council's been running out there, it goes lefty-righty, 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 or vice versa, righty-lefty-righty-lefty. And the reason they're doing that is because of rule changes. Yes, everybody wishes that you know MLB would stop messing with it, rules every five seconds, but there's a rule in place where a reliever comes in, he has to face three hitters. So if you started putting lineups together like you did five years ago or ten years ago, you're, you're putting, you know, you're, there's two or three righties that are right there. You know, there's four lefties in a row. Of course, you're going to bring in a lefty to face those guys. So now you kind of take it out of the bullpen's hands of, okay, this lefty is going to face maybe two lefties, but he's going to have to face a dangerous righty. So they're actually putting these lineups together to face off against some of the rules that uh, MLB has implemented. But yes, it is a tough gig. I mean, Colton Wong had like six leadoff home runs last year. That's incredible. And now we, we see him batting, you know, seventh or eighth. That's pretty tough to watch. But he is okay with it. He has spoken about it, but guys are creatures of habit, especially when they've been doing something so long and to disrupt that, it's hard to blame the coach. Like I said, let's just go ahead and blame the rule changes. <laughs> exactly right. Blame the rule changes. And the DH is something that, you know, back in the day with Fielder and those guys, everybody would have loved the DH at that point because they had so many bats to begin with. This team, on the other hand, they go out, they get Andrew McCutcheon, obviously, to be the DH. But the other position that fans talked about was, my God, first base. Like, can we please go get somebody else to play first base that has more of a track record and so forth? I'm here to tell you, Rowdy Tellus is having him a start to the season right now, Tim Dillard. Well, I think they picked up on it early when they got him last year. They brought him over, and, I mean, he's just been nothing but an everyday first baseman. He was telling me one of the first conversations we had that he wanted to be an everyday first baseman, and one of his coaches said, okay, we gotta, you got to hit lefties better, and then you got you got to work on your defense. And he said, I've been doing that, and I feel like I can play every day. And I think he should. I think he's proven that. I think he should be over there. And we would see the stats at the end of the year of what this guy is capable of because he is a tough out, and he thinks along with pitchers. He struck out twice against Adam Wainwright the other day versus the Cardinals on changeups away. His third at bat, he was able to get to that exact same changeup he already struck out on and got a base hit off of it. So here's what you have. You have a guy with superpower that just you know, has a really great glove at first. And he has a great attitude. The guys love him. He goes up there. He loves being that guy that's in the lineup that's feared. So, yes, pitchers are going to have to beware because they're like, okay, well, I have to think along because he's not going to just swing at the same stuff every single time. He's making adjustments between at-bats, and that's, that's dangerous. Okay, so we we got to talk about the guy that's the lightning rod for everybody with Brewers fans right now, and that's Christian Yelich, obviously, at this point. Um, I, oh, yeah. I, I said coming into the season, you know, 285, 30 home runs. I'm more about getting the power back than I am anything else at this point. I don't really have expectations of MVP Christian Yelich going forward, nothing like that. But, I mean, you've hit a couple of uh, balls off the wall that were doubles. Uh, you've got the home run now uh, that he hit the other night. I, I think these are all positive signs um, that maybe that power is kind of coming back that we really haven't seen a lot of the last couple of years. Well, I think people want – to snap their fingers and go, give me the Yelich from back then. But what they don't realize is what he did in those years where he was, you know, MVP-ish is because he was putting together good at-bats. He was hitting the ball hard. Already this year, he has been hitting the ball as hard as any other year that he's ever had in his career. You know, maybe they don't always fall. A lot of times that maybe has to do with shifting and things like that or just, you know, bad luck. But there was a great tweet by Kurt Hogg that writes for the Journal Sentinel, and he said after the Grand Slam that, Right, uh, that uh, Christian Yelich has uh, right now has five extra base hits, four doubles, one home run. For him to get that last year, it took 29 games. And he has already done it through, I believe at this point, it was uh, 12 games. So that right there is what you're getting. The power is there, and he's walking a ton. At one point, he was on pace for 162 walks on the year. Crazy. So he's seeing a lot of pitches. He's had great at-bats. And, I mean, it starts back in spring training. Uh, you got to watch and see a lot of times, maybe the, whatever it is, you don't get the payoff, you know, the ball doesn't land, but right. he is scorching balls all over the field right now. He's looking really good. Talk with Tim Dillard, follow him on Twitter at Dim Tillard uh, here on Sparky's Midday Madness uh, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. I got one last one for you. Uh, and that's Willie Adamas who kind of just blew up and went to a whole nother level. Uh, when he got to Milwaukee last year, not off to as fast a start, obviously, as everybody hoped for. Uh, what are you seeing from Willie Adamas to this point at the plate? Well, I think he's struggling. I think that's pretty obvious to see. I think now he's maybe down to about 150. Um, he's had some big games here and there, but right now he is struggling. And he was taking early flips 
on the field. And I asked him about it uh, the other day, like, hey, tell me about these early flips you're doing with new hitting coach Ozzie Timmons. They were together uh, with Tampa Bay, so they have that trust factor there. And he said, well, flips make me – it makes you uh, stay balanced. You know, right. if you try to get out in front on a flip, you're going to look bad. You can't hit it well. So he's working on his timing. He's working on his balance. And for me, what I've seen is he's trying to get big and pull the ball. But when he was the best last year, he was hitting the ball to the right center gap, to right field. He was hitting balls down in a way that pitchers were like, oh, I'll just throw it over here because he won't do any damage. Suddenly he's hitting balls off the wall and over the fence on, on safe pitches for pitchers. Like that's very difficult as a, as a pitcher coming in going, okay, well, I'm going to throw it over here because he has no chance to do anything with it. And not only is he doing something with it, he's changing the game with it. So that's where he does best. I think right now he's just getting a little pull happy because he did get some big hits early on pulling. Uh, But he's coming around. Guys that put in the work, uh, it gives him a level of confidence. Um, But he also needs a day off. He's played every single game. So today's his first day off. That'll help. (laughs) No doubt. Always helps. Get a little rest. And again, it's a mental break too, right? As much as physical, it's a mental break. Oh, yeah. That's what I used to do every offseason. I'd take a, like a five-month mental break. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. It's a hard game. Yeah. It's yeah. a hard game. Totally get it. He is Tim Dillard. Uh, again, follow him on Twitter at Tim Dillard. Of course, see him on Valley Sports, Wisconsin pre- and post-game for the Brewers. And check out the podcast, Brewers Unfiltered, Brewers.com on your Odyssey app. Him, Adam McKelvey, uh, and Brad Ford. This latest episode with Sophia Minard. Very good. Check it out. Tim, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. You betcha. Take care. There he is, Tim Dillard on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. of applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Baseball season is now in full gear. The basketball playoffs are underway and the place to catch all the action while playing your own indoor games is Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs to watch games on while you play your favorite indoor games in their huge entertainment game room. We're talking bocce ball, foosball, table tennis, shuffleboard, pool tables, lots of pool tables, dartboards. They got it all. Then while you're playing and watching the TVs, have some great food too, right? Loaded burgers, wraps, wings. Plus, their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up <laughs> with all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or Q Club of WI.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Check them out at MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Got another home game coming up this week and then it's playoff time, baby. 
Looking forward to seeing the Admirals in action at Milwaukee Panther Arena. We broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Lakeland.edu slash get started. Again, our thanks to Tim Dillard uh, for joining us uh, there in the last segment. Uh, And he uh, is going to be a weekly guest uh, going forward on the Wendy's Big Show starting next Tuesday. So every Tuesday... Uh, on the Wendy's Big Show, we will have Tim Dillard on uh, at 1235. 1235 every Tuesday, Tim Dillard uh, with Gary Leroy and myself throughout the baseball season. So looking forward to having him on every week on the Big Show. Uh, I was mentioning it earlier that CBS Sports uh, had put out a mock draft, uh, seven-round mock draft, and they had the Packers taking a cornerback uh, and a linebacker. And I tweeted it out from at Sparky Radio earlier, and a bunch of people reacted to it. Uh, and then they went through the seven rounds, and they were getting all mad that they were drafting, what was it a punter uh, in the fourth round, fifth round, whatever it was. Uh, and people were dissecting it. So now CBS Sports has put out another mock draft since the one I tweeted out this morning. Now, this one is by somebody different. So that, that one I tweeted out was by Chris uh, Trapasio, I think is his name. Uh, so now this one... Uh, is a different writer over there at CBS Sports. This one has the Packers taking Traylon Burks, the wide receiver from Arkansas, 6'2", 225, and a guy that I know a lot of you really, really want uh, the Packers uh, to take. Now, again, we'll see if that's what ends up happening here, but that's what they have them doing at 22. Then at 28, they have them taking the edge rusher from Purdue, Karlaftis, uh, uh, and it says the Greek has the power and consistency the Packers are looking for to rush uh, the passer. Having said that, at 29, they have Christian Watson uh, going at 29 to the Chiefs. They have Jahan Dotson going pick 30 to the Bears, the small wide receiver from uh, Penn State. So two receivers going right after. I know that Christian Watson has a growing fan club as well among Packer fans. Now from North Dakota State, that would love to see them draft Watson. Watson's 6'4", but can run like the wind. Dude is fast. Um, so I know there's there's some hope there too. I personally look at this, and I brought it up to uh, Gary earlier. And maybe we'll do it as a topic. Uh, maybe tomorrow. And that is, would you trade Jair Alexander straight up for any of these disgruntled wide receivers? Straight up. So Jair Alexander... Uh, for Debo Samuel, would you do it straight up? Gary said, absolutely. he trade Alexander for Debo Samuel now. Uh, would he trade Jair Alexander for DK Metcalf? That one he wasn't so sure about. Would he trade Jair Alexander uh, for Terry McLaurin? He said, Washington has got to give him something back plus Terry McLaurin to do that deal. And then the other one uh, that was brought up was A.J. Brown. And he's like, I don't think I like A.J. Brown enough to trade Jair Alexander for A.J. Brown. But think about it. If you were able to do, say, Jair for Debo Samuel without losing draft picks, now you can take Booth from Clemson, the cornerback. You can take him there with your first pick, assuming he's there at 22, which I think he will be. You can literally take a corner there at 22. Then you can come back at 28. Wide receivers no longer need because now it's Debo Samuel, Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. Those are your four. You don't know. You no longer have to take a wide receiver the first two days. It changes everything at that point. So now you can come back, take an offensive lineman, take a defensive lineman like a Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, who's old by Packer standards, I know. But a Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia, maybe he's that guy you want there at 28. Maybe you look at it and say, you know what? Uh, in the second round, I'm going to go get me a tight end. In the second round, I need somebody to protect me in case Robert Tunyon isn't the same after he comes back from this knee injury. Maybe you look at the safety position uh, in the future, uh, and get ready to replace Adrian Amos. Or if you think you can get better than Darnell Savage. It changes everything if they were to do a straight-up trade for Alexander for one of these wide receivers instead of having to give up a bunch of draft picks to get it done. Because I don't believe, and maybe I'm wrong, I don't think you can sign Alexander plus Debo Samuel plus Elton Jenkins. I don't think all those guys... You can sign all of them while still having Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari, and Kenny Clark under contract. Like I just don't think that's going to work. The only way it works uh, to get a stud wide receiver is to give up on Jair Alexander, 
let somebody else pay him $20 million a year. And then you start Rajul Douglas and Stokes uh, and then draft that third corner in this draft, probably in the first round. Then at that point, that rookie has to play, obviously, because you're in nickel most of the time, but maybe he doesn't have to play as much. You know, Joe Barry's already said that, um, or they've talked about on the defensive coaching side, that maybe Savage is better off coming up and playing at the line of scrimmage and playing in that slot, which is something Leroy Butler suggested all of last year, and they rarely did. So maybe that's a way to do that, where that rookie corner that you draft doesn't have to play a ton. You can ease him into that position behind Rajul Douglas and Stokes. And then at the same time, solidify the wide receiver position, and Rodgers now has all veterans to play with. And I would think Aaron Rodgers would be ecstatic. If it's Debo Samuel, Sammy Watkins, Lazard, and Cobb, I think Rodgers is ecstatic. Far more happy than if he's got to play with two rookie wide receivers with Sammy Watkins, Lazard, and Randall Cobb at this point. That would be my guess. I, I want to ask Rami Maklov the exact questions that I asked Gary. Jair Alexander for each one of those wide receivers. Which one of those would he trade him straight up for? And, of course, I got to get his thoughts on Chris Middleton. Because, remember, Rami Makhlouf is the guy that yesterday to start off his show was asking people if they wanted a blowout of the Bulls. Did you have to see a blowout of the Bulls? Because then, you know, it pretty much sets up the sweep and so forth. You establish your dominance and da-da-da-da-da. And then they lost. Then I heard this morning from Rami Makhlouf on Bart Show that he's been doing the same thing every time one of our teams lose. But he keeps doing it. Ulterior motives? We'll ask him next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. All right. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Steve Sparky Fiverr, Rami Makhlouf, other side of the glass. AR. Adam Roberts is here. He's been here all day, keeping an eye on this Chris Middleton news that apparently only one person has. That being Dar- Dario Melendez uh, from Channel 12, the new sports director over there, of course, with Valley Sports Wisconsin for a pre and post game for so many years with the Bucks. Uh, so obviously connected has his sources. We're still waiting on somebody else to confirm and go with Dario Melendez. I'd feel more comfortable about it, um, but we still don't have that. Um, so we'll see. I'm hoping to be honest with you. I'm hoping he's wrong. I mean, yeah, I'm hoping he's hoping wrong. He's I'm wrong. hoping he's, I'm hoping he misheard and it's actually games three and four. He's going to miss and not three or four weeks. Right? Like, oh, he's going to miss three and four. He misheard and that. And you're, you're, he's going to miss three and four, and he took it as three to four weeks <laughs> instead of three and four. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping he just didn't hear the source right. Misread a text. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Yes. I don't think, right. I don't think that's what's Maybe happening. Maybe that's right what now. it is. I'm ready to accept this reality. Of course you are. I mean, I'm not surprised. I don't like it. Oh, stop. I don't. Stop. What? Stop. Why? What do you think is going on here? Hey, man, look. Do you think this is the Bulls fan in me coming out? I don't know. Okay. Do you know why? Because right. so, I don't think you're an actual Bulls fan. That, that I think oh, is I'm all, definitely a Bulls no, fan. No, 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 you're not. No, I am. No, I because am. I heard you on the score just put a wet blanket on that whole fan base at the beginning right. of the year when I was telling you, but dude, was, Bulls are going to be good. But I was right. Bulls are better than you think, I Robbie. I said they're good. You'll see. Uh, I said they're good. I just said they're, Robbie, this isn't a championship contender. If they had Lonzo Ball, they'd be a true they contender. They would be a championship contender. The, who is? The, Bucks. Yes, the East is open. The Bucs, the Celtics, the what, Nets. If Middleton's out, the Bucs are done. Sixers. But if Middleton's it. healthy, it's open. I think it's the Bucs, number one. You think they're done I think the bu- without Middleton oh, for three done. to four weeks? They're not beating Boston or Brooklyn. No chance. Really? No way. Really? Nope. All right. No, I don't think there's any chance. Okay. That's actually Bulls, what we're going to talk about that Bulls, at four. I think they can compete with the Bulls, and it's going to be a series, and it's going to go seven maybe. Oh, no, it's still five. Still five against the Bulls without Chris Middleton. Mm. Yeah. No, I'm not there there. No, for sure. My, my goal is win one in they Chicago. Lock in. They lock in now. My, right. I said that. Yeah. I think they do lock in. But that doesn't change the talent level of Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton in order to have to do something here. Now, you go back, and we went over this on Big Show. You go back to the beginning of the year when Grayson Allen was getting minutes and shots where mm-hmm. they were relying on him to carry some offense. Mm-hmm. Numbers are really good, man. I mean, he was averaging pretty much... 15 points, 15, 16 points a game for a month and a half. Yeah, I think and then his minutes and shots all changed when guys, as guys came back uh, and he and wasn't he that guy injured. anymore. He yes. got injured, so he Correct. slipped down the depth chart so a little bit. he showed earlier in the year he can be a guy that can give you 15, yeah, 16 think, a night. I think that's probably the guy that you put in the starting role and give him a chance to get some shots and get going. So then it's Grayson Allen, Wesley Matthews, Drew Holiday, Giannis and Lopez is your starting five. Yeah. If it's you. Yeah. And you take away from the bench scoring. I mean, what else? I mean, somebody's coming off the bench, right? Yes. But th- but that's going to be the thing now is how much more do these guys have to play minutes wise? 
And Drew Holiday, while he got his rest throughout the year, still had the longest summer of what's left mm-hmm. because of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So how quickly will he get to his breaking well, I'm, point? I'm talk about the Olympics. That, that, I'm, cons- I'm concerned about that, too. I promise you that. Yeah. He's got to play in the Olympics. That's going to be talked about. Yes, it has to be. Oh, it because be. it extended your summer after winning a championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Roberts, are you waving at me to come on the air? Yes? No? I don't hear him. Hello? Why don't I hear him? He's looking at me. He's talking. He's talking. I can't hear you. Can't, we can't hear you, Adam. No, got to turn your mic. How about on. this? There, there we go. Better. There yeah. I'm making some producer magic back here in the studio, so I had to turn my actual mic off. That's fine. I know you're waiting for Middleton like news and more confrontational yes. than Is it yeah. nothing yet? I was just going to bring something else up, but what? now I'm kind of realizing this really isn't that relevant. So I will shut my mic off and let you guys keep talking. <sighs> Absolutely killing me. It was Miguel Carrera related. Who cares? Oh, I saw that. I don't care. Um, okay, so let's talk about that. So you guys are going to talk about Bucks and Middleton on your show at three. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. Well, at four, we're going to dive deeper into this team's chances without Middleton. Three o'clock. There's something, man. There's something about this Bucks team, and I talked about it a lot last year. They, w- you were sitting here telling me how the East is wide open. The East shouldn't be wide open. The greatest threat to the Bucks is the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks are the greatest threat. I mean, game one and Bucks game two is no in the Eastern Conference. To me, new game one and game two is no indicator of what this Bucks team is. But this isn't game new. one and game two was a hungry Bulls team trying to shock the world, and the Bucks waiting Dude, to the see. The Bulls didn't even play good in game one. Okay, fine, but this was the Bucks, in my opinion, mm-hmm. waiting for Boston, Brooklyn, and get done and see who they're going to play because that's when the playoffs are probably going to start for them. They were just using this to get, kind of get their flow and go. And you can see the lackadaisical thing. Game one, they got going there in the third, fourth quarter and won the game. The same thing was going to happen last night. They were going to win that game again until Milton got hurt. And then it was done. They went on that 15-2 run. Milton carried them in the third, finally. They were going the right way. He went down with that knee injury, and they couldn't recover. They didn't have enough. And that is why they Sparky, lost that I'm game. not saying your line of 20 thing. turnovers, I bet you... I'm willing to bet you they don't have 20 turnovers and another playoff game the rest of the postseason. I'm not saying your line of thinking doesn't make sense in terms of doing the math of why they haven't. Did you hear Giannis? Giannis good said in the first two games. Giannis said that they're pressing. Yeah, no. And then if you're not having fun, go home. I know. Who is he talking to? I don't know. I don't know. He's talking to somebody. I got. I I, I asked Sam to get me that soundbite. Yeah. Your your line of your line of thinking makes sense as to why they 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 haven't played up to their own level in the first two games, but. This constantly happens. Last year, the only game one that they won was against Miami, and that was that was thanks yes. to a buzzer beater Thank from you. Chris Middleton. Correct. They, Atlanta, two games to the Nets. Dude, they Phoenix. lost by forty to the Nets. Yep, I in know. Game two last year. I know. And 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 this this this, this they. They skated by last year. They 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 overcame it last year. But made as, adjustments. As they kept digging holes for themselves. But adjusted. But that's that's really hard to to keep on doing, man. And and it's going to catch up to them. And they need to stop that. They but it doesn't to... matter now. The Middleton's out. What do you mean it doesn't matter now? It doesn't because the out's there. Middleton got hurt. It doesn't matter what happens now. To me, there's no pressure on the Bucks now. That's with, crazy. Mid- with Middleton out, there's That's no crazy. there's no pressure. That's crazy. Because if you lose to the Bulls, it's gonna be well, we would have beat him with Middleton. Oh, they cannot lose to the Bulls. Even oh, without Chris Middleton, oh, sure. they cannot lose to oh, the Bulls. Yeah. No. Yeah. If they lose to the Bulls, if they lose to the Bulls, even without Chris Middleton, mark my words, the the topic the next day, sports talking heads across this country, were the Bucks a fluke? No, it's not happening. He oh, was it's hurt. happening. As soon as I'm they announce you. three to four weeks, if Dario Melendez is right, if it's three to four weeks, as soon as they announce it, you watch on your little TV screens in here, they're big TV screens, thanks to ABC Audio Video. Um, if you watch on here, these TV screens, they're all going to pick the Bulls to win the series. As soon no, as the news no, comes out, no, 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 they no. will all pick no, the Bulls. Sparky, it's going to change immediately. It doesn't change who has the best player in the series. Doesn't and that's matter. who everybody always assumes will win the series. That's who you always say no, is going to win ev- the series. I'm not, I'm not unique in that. It's not my theory. I didn't come up with that. that I'm just telling you, I, I think um, this all is going to change once this gets announced. Nobody will pick them to be Boston or Brooklyn. Nobody. Not one person. You might. So maybe I shouldn't say not one oh, person. Oh, I will. But n- nobody else is going to pick them. They're not losing no another chance. game to the Bulls. And at 4 o'clock, we'll talk about how far I think this team can go without Chris Middleton. All right, so fun show coming up Also for on you the show, today. Scott Grodsky will be here at 4.30 to talk some bucks. Always CBS fun. 58 and take part in some draft mockery brought Good. to you by Night's Gourmet Popcorn. Did and, you win uh, yesterday or lose? Uh, did I win yesterday? What we, I don't know. I think I was winning yesterday. Oh, I good. think I had a lead yesterday. Yeah, good. I'm trying to get up into the double digits, close this gap. You're talking draft mockery? Yeah, I have the final numbers on that if you want them. Sure. 
Let us take a look. I know it wasn't looking good for me. It was not looking good for me early or late. Uh, let's see the final totals. Mr. Rami, congratulations with 57.5% of the vote. There we go. You won the draft for wide receivers. Sam in second and me way down in third. There we go. Oh, not well. even double digits for me. All right, so Rami Makalov coming up on the Rami Show next day. The weather in Wisconsin can change by there the There was something hour. else you said you wanted to bring up with me. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, interrupt myself. Sorry. Um, I was going to ask you the same question I asked Gary. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow on the Wendy's Big Show. Jair Alexander for Debo Samuel. Straight up. Do you do it? Oh, I saw Andy Herman had this up, and people were killing him for it. Yeah, yeah I think I'd do it. Jair Alexander for DK Metcalf. Mm, yeah, I think I'd do it. Jair Alexander for Terry McLaurin. Mm, that one, I. It's that's that's a pick em. That's a flip the coin. Gary said you got to get know. more besides McLaurin back. Uh, and then yeah, I might need a second round pick back with McLaurin. Jair Alexander for AJ Brown. Again, I might need something else along with AJ Brown, but I'd think about it. I don't know if you're the Packers. You just brought back Russell Douglas. If you showed some belief in him, yeah, because I used think a first round pick on Eric Stokes last you year. You gave him a three year deal. I think part of that was because you don't think you're bringing back Jair Alexander. Draft another cornerback or two this year. You could draft the cornerback in the first round. That Booth kid from Clemson should be there at twenty two. And there, there's your other cornerback. And if Savage, they think Savage can play in the slot, which they've been hinting at, that kid ain't going to play that much anyhow. I think I might do it. Yep. Weather in Wisconsin can change by the hour from warm and sunny to rain, chilly, or even snowflakes. When it comes to enjoying the best qua- best in quality food for your family's dinner table, one thing is constant. The delicious meat options from Robert's Specialty Meats. Paul Roberts, my guy, was raised on a farm. Trained in meat processing will help you select and prepare the meats you enjoy. Cool evenings are ideal for serving a Robert's original. The Al Capone Italian Roast, combining several meats, cheeses, and sausages into one awesome meal, which can be trimmed to suit your needs. And with outdoor grilling season upon us, you'll find over 30 varieties of original sausages and brats from mild to hot at Robert's. Call them today at 262-549-MEAT for the best selection. When you visit, make sure to sample their own original beef sticks or jerky, a perfect reward for doing those spring chores. You can also check them out online at robertspecialtymeatswaukeshaw.com for money-saving coupons. For the best in meats, shop Robert's Specialty Meats, your hometown butcher. Robbie Makloff, up next, have a good one. Toodles! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.